What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of the Sheehan Show on Sherdog.com. It's me, Sean Sheehan, here with you today. And what we are looking at today is a review of the 2023 year for the UFC. Now, if I was to go through every card, I would be here for a very long time. So I'm going to go back and I'm going to look through all of the pay-per-view cards, plus the one card that wasn't a pay-per-view, that had a title fight, and that was uh, UFC Notche, I believe. Uh, so we will talk about that uh, as well. And I think this year, and before I get into all of those cards, and all I want to talk about my feelings basically on this year. I've um, I've done a few other uh, year in reviews, and you know, spoken about my feelings for towards you know whether it's BFL, Bellator, and all of them, um, and. It was very much positive, I think, for all of them. Now, you know, if you're if you're a Bellator, maybe it's not that positive because Bellator went away, but positive in terms of what they did or what they tried to do in terms of the fights and all of that. Um, where with the UFC, my my initial thoughts, and this is just me alone here, are very negative this year. Um, I I think I've probably enjoy, enjoyed watching the UFC more every other year I've watched the UFC apart from this year and I really hope that changes going into next year but I'll, I'll give you maybe you know a couple of reasons why and I've, I've been watching MMA now f- since 2006-ish so what's that 17 years and as maybe a hardcore for probably I don't know around 15 of, of them maybe and then covering it for maybe like I don't know uh, 11, 10 or something like that so uh, I definitely wrote an article in 2013 anyway So at least 10 years And um, <laughs> it just feels like this year Do you know what? For the last few years the UFC has been very draining Right? There's been a lot of cards A lot of fights and everything like that And I know a lot of people who Tune in every week to watch the UFC Or fans of MMA love that I know a lot of fans actually don't love that as well It's kind of 50-50 with them And it's maybe a little bit different for media who have to cover it now. Now, for me, it's a little bit different, right? Because I I do have obviously cover the UFC, and I you know I, I talk about it on podcasts with the Ben Show and the Severe May podcast and other places every week. But I I cover other places a lot as well and concentrate on other places. So I'm not directly always UFC. Sometimes I don't even you know have to cover a UFC card. It's very rarely I wouldn't watch them or watch parts of them or watch most of them now. Um, so maybe I'm not as much in that boat as other people. And still, it's, it's just felt like there's been something missing this year. We have had all the fights and all the amount of fights and all of that, but I feel like the matchups to get us to the top fights and in the top fights themselves haven't been what you would expect them to be from the UFC. Like, let's say, even, you know, Kobe Covington getting a shot, or, uh, well, was the TJ Dillashaw on this year? It was, it was last year, I think, wasn't it? Maybe not, but we, we'll see when we go through it. But things like that, and even Cheetah and O'Malley coming up, but that, that those are title fights, right? But it also happens in the number one contender fights, like the Aaron Allen not getting a shot, and not even getting the interim shot, Darius not getting, just, it kind of all drains you as well. And also the fact that, you know, um, the likes of Shimaev, you know, he only fought once and it was upper weight class against a welterweight and then McGregor didn't fight and then Jones only fought once and got injured and there's talks of like even if he does fight again, he's going to retire. It just all seems to be like, uh, the fun is kind of dragged out of a little bit and then even like the guys who are talking a lot like Sean Strickland and Colby Covington and all, it's like, ugh, like, 
you can like it or you can love that sort of thing. But I, I like I just don't. I've no interest in any of that. I don't want to want to take any sides. I don't want to be involved in it. And like there are reasons. It just feels like oh, it's, it. It feels like a bit of a drain. Now, given my honest feelings, I give my honest feelings about the other places as well. Now, I would hope that would change because there are there are some fun matchups coming up next year. Like. And, and even this year, like every time Volkanovski fights, every time Makasha fights, you know, Jones fought, bang up for that. I love watching Cyril Gagne, like Aspinall, very good fighter. I love watching, I love watching the Wonder, the Wonder Boys of the World fight. Leon Edwards did some great fights and all of that. There's always some great bits and you would hope there'd be even more of that next year. So I I wasn't the biggest fan of this year, but I have hope for for, for, for next year in Fortnite. And also, MVP is just signed for the UFC, so uh, I have I have massive hope for that. But that's my that's my initial thoughts on the UFC as a whole. Um, on kind of the um the the, the fight the uh, the fighting landscape as we have it in the UFC. I I just want to look at the champions, right, and. Just quickly discuss them uh, in like literally two or three words. So we'll start with Flyweight Pantoja. Like he just fought a couple of you know a couple of, of days ago for me here, probably a couple of weeks ago when you were watching this, and you know it it kind of feels like he and maybe this is unfair, but this is how I feel. It's a cheating job. It feels like he is the champion before someone else wins it and maybe goes on a few fight of a, of a win streak. Uh, it, it just feels like he's kind of tr- trudled his way through a couple of title fights here. I think if if someone better than Brandon Rival was fighting him the last time, they probably would have won. Moreno was unlucky not to win, you know. Um, O'Malley. O'Malley could be a massive star. He's put on two great performances. The Anf- the, the um, Vera fight, I I mentioned earlier as one that like, uh, probably doesn't make sense. Well, I'm still kind of looking forward to it. But then we have that, but also the prospect of Mirab. So always fun there. Volkanovski then at Federer, I cannot wait for Taboria. That's my fight of the year. I cannot wait for it. Absolutely fantastic. Um, and you know, as I said, I will look ahead to the, to, to the year at, at the end of this. But maybe even just looking back, Makashev, good solid champion. Prospects of going forward, but also what happened, very good. Leon Edwards now has established himself. Sean Strickland, I suppose. You know, I discussed about Sean Strickland. Is that going to go a bit of an odd champion? Pereira again. You know, what, what an achievement he has had. Like, unbelievable. Um, John Jones, is he there? Is he not there? Is he injured? Is he going back? And I feel like the women's divisions are kind of all over the place a little bit at the moment. Like, Grasso drew last fight. People thought she should have lost. Shang Wei Li is the most stable champion, but then there's no champion anywhere else. And, um, <laughs> you know, it's all it's all a bit odd there with the championships uh, in the women's divisions outside, outside of Shang Wei Li. So, I would say, like... If you look at, at O'Malley, Volkanovski, Makashev, Edwards, Pereira, they are the kind of the stable champions that, okay, like anyone can lose anytime, anyone. But like, the rest seems to be like in massive flux or like just got it and like, will they keep it? Will they lose their next one? Will they? There's no great kind of like glue there, if you get me. And I don't remember the UFC ever been like that before I, I, there's always like this fallacy in the UFC almost and I fall into it as well like the champion can never be beaten right <coughs> and obviously that's not true but I feel like we've never been at a place I'll say it again where you'd almost expect the champion to be beaten in their next fight in multiple divisions um, and that is a bit crazy but we and also 
there are multiple divisions where the UFC champion, I would say, was clearly not the best fighter in the world in that division. Like, I would say, that, you know, for Strickland, without a shadow of a doubt, um, I, I, you know, I, I would say for O'Malley, I would say definitely arguably at lightweight and welterweight as well, even though Edwards and McCash are very, very good, and at light heavyweight as well. You know, you could, you could argue it there. So... A very interesting place we find ourselves with the UFC at the moment. And um, as I said, if anyone listens to the Sheehan show, this is not a very negative show. It's very rarely negative. I very rarely say anything bad, to be honest. It's almost always positive. Looking forward to the cards this weekend. But, like, I just, I'll be honest, I haven't really enjoyed the UFC a lot this year. It's been a chore to watch it. It's been annoying with the... Uh, uh, the the matchups, I haven't, um, I haven't really enjoyed any of the press conferences or any of that. None of it's been funny. It's all just been uh, like, can you not say, you know, can you not slag someone off, or can you not jeer someone, or can you not trash talk someone without like having to talk about their dead father or put on an act or like, come on, like come on, seriously. And it's just all been a bit annoying for me. But anyway. Let's get to the cards and let's start the year and go through it. And maybe by the end of it, we will uh, we will be a little bit more positive. So UFC two eight three kicked off the year uh, on the twenty first of January, and there were two title fights on it: Jim Hal Hill and Glover Teixeira, uh, as well as Brandon Moreno and Davison uh, Figueiredo. Um, obviously, Jamal Hill won that one um, and took the belt. I, I had I had uh, once predicted that Jamal Hill would become the champion and he did uh, in that one a unanimous decision as did Moreno in obviously the you know the the eye injury doctor stoppage and that one at the end of the third round um, and that you know that quadrology trilogy mad thing will, will never be forgotten I suppose between them two and you know talking about Pantoja it's I think it's part of Pantoja's problem is that he's following these two and these were like felt like whoever emerged would be the real champion and even though he beat Moreno, which we'll talk about later on, it it didn't, you know, it didn't feel like, uh, it didn't feel like he is the regenerator when he was fighting at the weekend. So, um, there's that. Those are two big um, title fights there. Outside of that, uh, there was a win for Burns, Gilbert Burns, and Jessica Andrade. And it's funny because you feel like for Burns and Andrade, it almost feels like they had bad years. And we'll get to, obviously, results later on, but uh, or, or maybe we'll, maybe we won't, because we're just going through the, the pay-per-views here. But Burns, like, uh, he, he seems to be at every UFC card, still in the rankings, but, like, never going to get a title shot in the time being, and... I feel like none of the other lads around there are going to be fighting him anytime soon. It's a weird one. And then for Jessica Andrade, she obviously lost a good few fights, beat Lauren Murphy here, but then she bounced back, obviously, with a great win over McKinsey Darn towards the end of the year. So it was a good and bad year for her. Johnny Walker, great year for him, I think. Yo Pateria as well, a great year uh, for him. And obviously, Bon Finn had a pretty good year. Jolton and Milak kicked off his year here with a ground and pound win. And he's obviously one of the big stars coming up. And Nicholas Dalby, you know, if you're to talk about like, the fighter of the year, okay, we, we know who we'll be talking about, your Shricklands, your Makashevs, your whoever else is, but if you're to talk about, like, the the prelim fighter of the year, or the the, uh, the underdog UFC fighter of the year, Nicholas Dalby has to be right up there, like, the, some of the wins he got were fantastic, this is a split decision close fight, obviously, but what a year for Nicholas Dalby, and you just, you just have to respect it, absolutely fantastic for him. Then UFC 284, they moved on, 
Um, and this was over in Perth in Australia. And again, we had uh, two titles on the line, the interim title in the co-main event, Yair Rodriguez and Josh Emmett. This kind of started it off with Arnold Allen was the obvious number one contender. And then two lads who aren't Arnold Allen are fighting for an interim title. Yair Rodriguez ended up winning that with a submission. Um, but the fight of the year for me happened in the main event, Islam Akashev versus Alexander Volkanovsky. It was... A fascinating back and forth close fight, you know, a bit of a, a bit of judging controversy at the end, but you know, maybe not too much on, on reflection and watching it back. Even yeah, you know, I'm probably disagreeing with what I said myself at, <laughs> at the time, but a great fight, and one I think that will go down uh, in memory. And obviously, that the fight again, which we'll talk about, but um, I think the the willingness, I suppose, for Volkanovski to go up and fight. At 155, but also the willingness for Makachev to put his skills on show against Volkanovski and fight him standing up. As you know, obviously went for a few takedowns and things, but to to believe in his skills standing up was just just fascinating and brilliant and beautiful. <laughs> like that fight had everything and definitely like that's fight of the year. I I I don't think honestly, I don't think there's a close second. I think that was such a great fight, and maybe it wasn't the the all-out banger, blood and guts type of fight, even though there was a bit of that, but just the, the technical, tactical insanity of it was edge of the seat, brilliant at the very top level. And look, the pound-for-pound pound number one and number two fighters, I think Volkanovski after this was proved himself the pound-for-pound pound number one, to be honest. Uh, but I think after the, the next fight, Makachev proved himself the pound-for-pound number one, which was uh, very interesting, but absolutely brilliant. Um as you have in Perth in a lot of the, the Aussies and, and things, uh, you had uh, Jack de la Maddalena, uh, getting a good win, Justin Taffa, uh, uh, Josh Kulaba, who's a very good prospect coming through, Bukowskis uh, beat Tyson Pedro, and uh, there was a few more others there as well on this. Um, move on into UFC 285, and this was John Jones and Cyril Gagne, and like, I don't think I've ever done, uh, McGregor aside maybe, as many like, podcasts and uh, chats and previews about John Jones coming back. Like, what's he going to look like? Who's he going to fight? What, you know, what weight class is it going to be for, felt, felt like years. And then he came back and it was still again, uh, with obviously Francis uh, Nganu gone, uh, which was another big part of the year, obviously, for the UFC and a big loss for them. And part of what I was saying with like the matchmaking, maybe not having what we wanted to see in the UFC, the Jones Nganu fight not happening was obviously a massive part of that, um, but this fight did happen, and I f- I felt after this fight, and it's it's maybe it's a little bit unfair because you, you there's a guy going in there and he's getting a finish in, you know, 120 seconds or whatever it is, and then I'm not I'm definitely not being critical of John Jones, but I didn't get to see enough of John Jones to show what he is in 2023. Like, is John Jones a genuine heavyweight who can fight his game the way he does? Or is he a different fighter and actually maybe a better fighter and a better finisher or something? Maybe that's the case, but we didn't see enough of John Jones to know that, and that was very unfortunate. I was kind of hoping, okay, wasn't in there for that long. Maybe he can pop back, have a fight pretty quickly, and obviously, as we know, he got injured and everything like that. But this was one of those fights that it was, oh, John Jones majestic but also like give me more I like I he left me wanting so much more because you know I, I read a Gagne very heavily and I thought my guy Ian O'Neill we were previewing you on it beforehand and he was like no Gagne has no match for him and he was 100% right and I was 100% wrong and I, I, I wish 
I wish I was maybe 50% wrong. <laughs> you know, I, I just wish we'd seen a little bit more of him. And that's one of my biggest kind of regrets of this year in terms of what we saw in fights. So that's that. One of the biggest upsets of the year then was in the co-main event of, of this card, the UFC 295, 285, sorry, uh, where Alexa Grasso submitted Valentina Shevchenko. I went back and I watched that fight before the rematch. And it's one of those fights maybe you misremember that like, oh, you know, Grasso was winning and then she got the finish and Valentina did make a mistake. It was a close fight or whatever. Wasn't really that close of a fight. Shevchenko was much better than her and made a bad mistake, got caught, and that was that. The second fight... <clears throat> you know, obviously much closer, but again, Shevchenko a little bit, uh, a little. We'll we'll talk about that at the time. But um, a massive win for Shavkat Rachmanov over Jeff Neal as well. And we saw Shavkat. Obviously, we talk about him. We saw him towards the end of the year as well. Gamrot got a good win. What a year for Gamrot! Great win for Gamrot. Bo Nickel, another guy. You know, we saw a bit of Bo, but not much of Bo. Bo felt to me like a guy who's going to have five, six fights in a year. You know, we're going to see Bo on every pay per view. We're going to see Bo. You know, every second pay-per-view maybe. And we, we just didn't. And I think he's a little bit frustrated about that. So, yeah. Um, Cody Garbrandt as well had a pretty good year. You know, all things considered. Drickus got a win here. And we know where he's gone now. And then Ian Gary. Um, Trino obviously didn't get the Vicente Luque fight in the end. But I think Ian Gary, is he the best emerging prospect this year in the UFC. Marc-Andre Barrio was also on this card, so he's up for that as well, but it's hard to argue against Ian Gary. I think it really, really is. Um, but other prospects, like Rabzabov coming over from PFL, uh, Farid Basharat as well. So this was a really, really good card in terms of prospects. And uh, that's uh, look, I criticize UFC's matchmaking, but that is smart matchmaking. Put your best prospects on your card with John Jones where you get the most value, so that's smart there. Then UFC 286, um, Edwards versus Usman, a very uh, a, a close fight, a majority decision for Leon Edwards. Obviously, Leon had knocked him out, sparked him out in the um, uh, in their last fight, and there was a point taken away in the middle of this, and all of that wasn't there. So, um, maybe it's um, it's a little bit closer than it actually was. But Leon in that fight, I think he did a couple of things. You know, I talked to John Anik about it. I remember at the time and how Leon had changed uh, and improved as a champion of Teddy Atlas was the one who was saying the 30% and all of that. And there was no doubt about that. I think the way he defended the takedowns by kind of giving the initial uh, takedown to Usman, but then defending it, getting in the right position and getting up, took away a big part of Usman's game and he was able to, uh, you know, put on a real good performance. And what a year for Leon Edwards, like right up there uh, as fighter of the year. I will name my fighter of the year towards the end of, uh, of this show. So tune in for that. Um, another big fight, Justin Gaethje fighting Fiziev, I think was one of the most important fights of the year because lightweight is your most talent-rich division, arguably, and it fe- it just uh, there's an awful feeling that Gaethje, Poirier, Chandler, Gaethje, Poirier, Chandler, Gaethje, just this over and over and over again forever. Um, but the fact that he fought Fiziev, beat him, I, I think it gave Gaethje a, a G up and all the rest of them that the other lads are not taking these fights and he deserves credit I think for that um Gunnels came back in this car Jack Shore Chris Duncan um uh, Liron Murphy Mohammed Mike I so good for the, the UK Ireland and uh, uh <laughs> European uh, fighters and this Veronica Hardy also as well as Christian Leroy Duncan so um pretty useful card that one UFC 287 
Adesanya against Pereira again redemption here what a what a moment what a night for Israel Adesanya who again you know like a lot of fighters had an up and down back and forth type of year but as I said the redemption here knocking out uh, Pereira who himself would not have, have a, an, an up and down but brilliant year I suppose more so than, than Adesanya which you probably wouldn't have said on this night um, Burns beat Masvidal pretty badly on this again here's just on Adesanya I suppose I feel like Adesanya is one of these guys. I, you know, I talked at the start about the stars didn't fight much this year. Obviously, McGregor didn't fight. We'd no Rousey, we'd no GSP, we'd no Brock Lesnar. John Jones only fought for 126 seconds or whatever it was. Um, I'm like, I wonder did anyone think when I said that? Maybe someone thought O'Malley. Maybe someone thought, you know, Mahashev or something. Did anyone think Adesanya? Like, it, it feels like Adesanya was at the precipice of becoming a star. And then he just had too many boring fights. And then he lost, and then he lost again, and then he lost again, and now he's at a real rebuilding stage. And actually, like it, it might actually be a better stage for him now than uh, than if he had you say if he had kept winning, because Anasanya is one of these guys that clicks, but doesn't click enough to. Um, allow him to kind of do what he wants right so some fighters like say GSP McGregor if they put on a bad performance and they win a fight no one will care they'll still have massive fans I don't think the same as for Sanya and that is fair or unfair <coughs> whatever I, I think there's a few fighters even like that like Leon's probably a little bit like that you know down through the years maybe even a steep has been like that or whoever might be any long run and Jamie Anderson even a little bit um <coughs> but um uh, it's it's uh, Adesanya never took that final step to superstardom, and I think you know this loss obviously didn't help either. Um, sorry, this, this win, the loss before didn't help, and we'll talk about what happens afterwards. But this win could have been the catapult, but it wasn't. Um, <clears throat> we'd Burns, Font, Holland, Alwyn, and discarded again. Very good win for Kelvin Gaslam over Chris Curtis, uh, who had a great year before that as well. With likes of Bahamundes also on uh, on on this one. Uh, they were coming towards the the middle of the year. Uh, Sterling and Cejudo, one that had been talked about a long time. Um, this was a split decision, and have not gone back and watched it. Uh, I don't remember it feeling like a split decision. I kind of remember Sterling having the the, the much better of of Cejudo. Maybe I'm wrong on that one. Um, yeah, Suhudo, I remember, looked a little bit old. We'll talk more about the Bantamweight division maybe in a second, but uh, Balal Muhammad also on this card earned himself a title shot, which he hasn't got yet. Massive win for uh, Jean and Jean as well. Um... Voila, everyone on this card for Voila. Not maybe not the best pay-per-view card of the year. Uh, 289 then. Uh, had Nunes and Aldana, and like this is a massive fight for Nunes coming back. Yeah, her opponent, um, uh, Pena, was, she was supposed to fight Pena, wasn't she? Pena pulled out of this one, sick or something, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and uh, Nunes won. Adis, uh, Aldana just didn't do anything for the whole fight. And then Nunes retired, which has left two divisions. One division basically not existing anymore, and the other in a complete state of flux. And we haven't sorted that out yet, so... Uh, look, it was a great night for Amanda Nunes, a great night for the greatest of all time, but not a great night for the division, to be honest, and uh, it hasn't recovered since. Uh, Oliveira beat Dariush in a very tough one for uh, Dariush, who seemed to have 
done enough to uh, you know earn the title shot but he didn't get it obviously this fight happened in Canada as well and a, a big year upcoming I would say for Car- Canada like Barry Alt again what a run for him Mike Malott Jez Davicius a lot of Canadians getting wins here so uh, we move on to TFC 290 and this was card of the year uh, without any shadow of a doubt whatsoever there was I think was it the most sub one minute finishes ever in a card or something like that this was absolutely in, insane with Volkanovski and Rodriguez uh, in in that uh, very fun fight that Volkanovski ended up winning Pantoja beat uh, Moreno by split decision in a fun fight Dricus Duplessis won the shocks of the year against Robert Whitaker Dan Hooker again a shock against Jalen Turner massive knockout for Bo Nickel uh, Robbie Lawler massive uh, knockout for him against Nico Price Tatua Tiara looked good Denise Gomez got a a, a sub one minute finish Alonzo Minifield got a big knockout uh, there was a big submission for Vitor Petrino Cameron Simon got a big uh, knockout as well as did Aguilar what a card this was card of the year and uh, want, want to look back on fondly uh, 291 hard to follow that up but the this was the only one this year where no title was on the line the BMF title was on the line but that's not a real title let's be honest and then we had um the co-main event of Alex Pereira against uh, against Blahovic where Alex Pereira going up to, to light heavyweight uh, and he won that one by a split decision again which you know it's funny you look back at a lot of these fights and there's a lot of split decisions in there it's interesting uh, Bobby Green what a year for Bobby Green as well be Tony Ferguson in this card Kevin Holland bounce back uh, with a win in this card as well and, and, and a few more uh, aside that we know Malley and Sterling then and this was an important fight and an important win because if you're the UFC, you know, I mentioned at the start, you need stars. And there's no doubt about it, Sean O'Malley has that star potential. Uh, I'm not sure if, you know, I'm not sure if he'll fulfill it in terms of, I do I do think inside the cage, he's looked absolutely fantastic and got better and better all the time. But uh, it'll be interesting to see if he does get over, I suppose, with all the fans, you know, in <laughs> Sterling. You know, Dana White once said about Sterling, he's done everything possible to make people not like him or something like that. And I, do you know what? I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. To be honest, and I, I really liked Sterling all the way up. I really like him as a fighter, but um, he just. There are certain people out there that just say the wrong thing and do the wrong thing at the wrong time all the time, and Aljamain Sterling is one of those guys. He's a phenomenally talented and good fighter. Um, this stoppage as well was was uh, talked about a little bit. Um, it was one of those stoppages um, that was. If it had been five seconds earlier, it would have been a very good stoppage. Or maybe five seconds later, it probably would have been a good stoppage as well. It was just where it was stopped. Uh, but if you're thinking it's a good stoppage five seconds earlier, then you can't complain too much about it. Uh, Zhang Willy also uh, won the championship here, or defended it even against uh, Amanda Lemos in a, in, a, in a good fight, if I remember correctly. Uh, Neil Magny then, what a performance against Neil. Uh, sorry, what a performance for Ian Gary against Neil Magny. Beat him from pillar to post. I know some people were giving out about not getting the finish, but this was a, an absolutely phenomenal performance. Cheetah got the win here. Very important for him, obviously, on the same card as... Um, as the champ, and in the Ultimate Fighter, also finisher Ireland's own Brad Gatona and Kurt Halaba got wins there. Um, then Adesanya came back against Sean Strickland and lost again. Another we, we talk about being beaten from pillar to post. When Sean Strickland knocked Adesanya down, it was one of the most shocking moments in UFC history. I, honestly, I don't think anyone was predicting Sean Strickland would uh, would be competitive with Adesanya. Never mind 
be close to beating him, never mind beating him, never mind beating him badly. And that's exactly what happened. And what a performance from Strickland, you know. You might not like his antics outside of the cage, but you have to respect what he did that night. And uh, the, the, the team from Eric Nixick and all them lads, um, and the way Strickland has, I suppose, made himself a fighter, along with um, uh, Nixick and, and all his coaches, is, uh, is phenomenal. And what a win that was. And look for Adesanya. That's one of those fights that is... It's as career-defining a loss as the big wins are. You know, there are some fighters who, if if you're talk say if you're talking about the greatest of all time, right? Some lads get caught, or some lads, you know, like GSP obviously caught by Sarah. But if you're talking about some of the greatest fighters of all time, no one in that argument has ever lost a fight like this at in the prime of their career. Um, and you know there was talk of Adesanya being the best middleweight of all time and when you talk about that you're talking about putting him up against Anderson Silva who's one of the top five greatest fighters of all time so that's the conversation you have to have when you're discussing Adesanya and uh, he's out of that conversation now um, completely so it was that big of a loss honestly historic uh, the rest of the card not, not exactly amazing in terms of on paper but some good finishes the, the Manuel K fight was a pretty good lovely Ezekiel choke for a uh, uh, Alexander Volkov, I believe that was on my flyers of the year. Tyson Pedro got a lovely finish. I did Justin Taffa, Alberg, and a few more as well on uh, on that card. Um, and then we had the one tile fight that was not on a uh, pay per view. And was this also the one tile fight that was a draw this year? I think I think it might have been. Um, Alex Agrasso and Shevchenko, obviously the controversial 10-8 in the fifth round, uh, but we will be seeing that one again. Uh, Jack Della Medellin again. What a year for Jack Della Medellin. A very good stuff for, for him. And he was the other big standout, I suppose, on uh, on that card. Uh, then we're, we're coming towards the end of the year now. We're up to October. UFC 294, Makashev versus Volkanovski 2. And uh, the return of, of Shemayev. Makashev. Makashev is my fighter of the year. I'm, I'm going to say it here now. I, I, when you beat Alexander Volkanovski once... In a very close fight. I know this was on short notice and everything like that, but the way he finished him, put himself as pound for pound number one fighter of the year to take Volkanovski on short notice as well. I know he was preparing for another fight. Who, who's he supposed to fight again? Uh, Charles Oliveira, yeah. Um, gangster stuff, a gangster finish. And Islam Akash is my fighter of the year. Very unlucky. It's not Strickland. Very unlucky. It's not Leon Edwards. But if you be the... Like, I was talking about Volkanovski being as close to Mighty Mouse as anyone has ever been. And if you beat him twice in a year, I... Uh, this is the Sheehan show. Where is it? Up there, there, there. Uh, I can't, with a straight face, not say you're not fighter of the year. I cannot do it. You are you are my fighter of the year if you beat a guy like Volkanovski twice. If you come in and you beat Mighty Mouse twice when... When he was the goat, when he was the the pound from although he's still pretty good, but if you anyone did that, they're automatic, automatic. Someone comes in to beat John Jones twice, automatic. That's just it. That's that's a, a Sheen Shaw rule, and Makasha fighter of the year. Uh, but as we're on this card, you know we had another uh, mad one between Ankalaev and Walker, which we'll be talking about more obviously coming up very soon. Uh, Shemayev came back here Got a majority decision Against Usman In, in a great fight Ali Askarov Got a good win Saeed Narangamedov uh, And others as well The Basharat brothers um, Doing good things As always Pachkan Pereira then What a win For Pereira Like I, I said I talk about Pereira A little bit more Later on And I think For Alex Pereira You have to think That this is one of The greatest achievements In UFC history to have, like, I'm looking at it here 9-2 Have 11 fights And to be 
a two-way champion, having beaten the likes of Prochka, the likes of Adesanya and others. Like I was, I was doing a, I was doing an octagon preview there, and Andreas Michalaitis was fighting on it. He almost got submitted by Andreas Michalaitis, yet now he's a two-way champion. This is unbelievable, Un, an unbelievable achievement. I don't think people have built it up enough. Really fantastic for him. Uh, on the same card, Aspinall beat Pavlovich in a in a really good uh, win as well for him there. I'm very interested to see what Aspinall does next, where he goes. I. I feel like people are crowning Aspinall as like the, the heavy red goat almost a little bit too early. Now he could be very, very, very good, but we'll, uh, let's uh, let's let's cool the Jets on that a little bit. Massive win for Jessica Andrade in this card. Massive win for Benoit Saint-Denis coming back as well and uh, some really good stuff. And in the last card of the year, UFC 296, probably the best card on paper that turned out to be a bit of a damn squib. Now the the undercard really good, prelims really good, but the top three fights: Edward Coving, Edwards Covington, you know, domination by Edwards, not much of a fight. Pantoja rival, you know, some good back and forth, but very sloppy. And then Rachmanov wonder by very meh, you know, a lot of holding against the cage, good finish in the end, but yeah. Uh, Pimblet Ferguson, like Paddy Pimblet, the Paddy Pimblet train goes on, I suppose, uh, and that's all I'll say about that one. Josh Emmett knockout of the year contender, uh, absolutely fantastic, and and and. Poor old Bryce Mitchell got an awful dose from that, but uh, Ian Gary is all supposed to be on this card, and that, that fight didn't happen against Vicente Luque, but great comeback from Maldana, fight of the year contender against Carol Hossa, probably the female fight of the year for me in that one, and a big win for uh, Garbrandt as well. So, yeah, those were the, the pay-per-view fights of the year, and I suppose looking back on them, there was, you know, very disjointed year, right? Very, no, no one like stood out massively as like this is the dominant champion who had three or four title defenses this year. You know, as even say the likes of Adesanya has done in the past, or Jones or others have done in the past. There, there wasn't that standout for me, and maybe that's part of me kind of looking back on it negatively as well. You know, um, and what I'm leaving out there is probably another thirty guards, you know, or thirty forty guards maybe even. Um, but looking forward, I suppose for the UFC. What I want, look, what I want the, the UFC to do going forward, now that PFL and Bellator have joined together, now that there's going to be maybe a little bit more competition, let's start acting like that way, you know? Let's, put, let's start getting the matchmaking better. Let's put on the fights the fans want more. Let's, let's start signing lads like MVP and, you know, my guy Paul Hughes needs to be signed and, and others outside of that as well. But, like, if someone goes out of contract... With uh, with PFL at tour, let's start signing some of these lads. Let's start signing, you know, the likes of Saldich or, or any of them. And also, you know, for the UFC, massive year. USADA is gone. There's a new place coming in. the The lawsuit is going to be, you know, I I think coming to an end this year, or certainly coming to a precipice anyway. And that is massive. This 2024 is a game changing year for the UFC. In so many different ways. It's absolutely huge. Is McGregor going to come back? Is Jones going to come back? Is Rousey going to come back? Is Lesnar going to come back? What's going to happen with Saudi Arabia? Who's going to win that battle for Saudi Arabia? As much as dirty as it sounds. You know, between PFL Ator and the UFC. Massive, massive, massive year ahead for the UFC. And you know what? I can't wait. I'm looking forward to, to seeing it all unfold. All right, I will leave it there. That's my look uh, back at 2023 for the UFC, for the Sheehan Show. My name is Sean Sheehan, and I'll see you all next time.